It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You know, the beautiful thing, ladies and gentlemen, that we get to do when we do these interviews is to get close and personal with some of the most amazing people on this planet. Um, PK, I'll tell you, first and foremost, we have our first official broadcast right yes. here. And We're, the Battle Scars Media Mafia Studios right we here. We are ready. Country Network, brother. Country Network, baby. Man, what an honor. But even greater than that is our guest today. And everybody's heard of Mr. Don Graves, who is with us today on the Battle Scars program, battlescarspodcast.com. I was telling TK that you could give me a monster list of all these high celebrity type of guests that come on the show, but there is no greater honor to be able to sit down with somebody such as Don Graves and the greatest, literally the greatest generation. Oh, without a doubt. That ever walked on this Without planet. a doubt. Now, no comparison. You and Don have a great history together. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that and then let's bring Don in and, and let's go. Well, actually, I was introduced to Don in um, probably 2018 to have him come to the 2019 Celebrity Games. Yes. And, of course, I, I just knew he was a great American hero, World War II veteran, was out uh, Iwo Jima. And so I thought we were just going to let him throw the first pitch. So he came out, he threw the first pitch, and as we're walking off the field, he was getting up my rear end a little bit about, I don't do first pitches. I sing the national anthem. And I'm like, how did I not? Nobody tell me this. Right. So from there, I was like, okay, from now on, you're singing the national anthem at every celebrity game. Hands down. Nobody else is, you're the man. Mm. And uh, we got to hang out that day, have a lot of fun. And, um, you know, of course, Jessica and every other female in the ballpark fell in love with Don and all what? the celebrities as well. I mean, they're just absolutely fell in love with him. And, you know, he just became family to us. And um, so that's how it all kind of started. And he, you know, he has such an amazing story because it's very rare that you you get to meet somebody who actually grew up during the Great Depression, mm. um, served in World War II, 
did, had some battles coming out of World War II, uh, an event that changed his entire life that, that set him on another path to, to where he is today. And um, like, again, there's no really greater American hero that I know. He's absolutely my favorite. Um, so with that being said, the great Don Graves. Yes, sir. Mr. Graves. And how old are you? Like 68. That's what I thought. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you were getting ready to be 69 or. That was a great he went, spontaneous he went, answer. He went to World War II about four years old. Well, they tell me I'm 97, but I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. <laughs> I don't believe it either. This guy, like, you know how busy my schedule is. His schedule is actually busier than mine, I think. Mm. Like, if you look at his social media, we have Kelly in the room with us today, too. She's usually from, uh, I want to say Snowball, almost said Snowball Express, but um, with American uh, Air Power Foundation. But um, Kelly usually is running Donnie everywhere to all these events, to everything that they do together. And, uh, and watching them on social media makes me tired. Right. Like, they're moving and grooving. Right. So, you know, Don, uh, I, I, Don and I talked before the show started, and I told them a little bit about my dad mm -hmm. and, and talking a little bit about current times. And I asked Don if, if we can go back. Uh, we have a large audience that are being introduced to Don for the first time. Mm -hmm. And, and what I'd really like, Don, is if you can just kind of bring us into the story, into the journey of, of back when you wanted to go represent this great country, what was the drive? What was the reasoning? Well, if we, if we can, before he even goes there, I think it'd be best, Don, if you go back to like, let everybody know how you grew up, because I think it's, you know, like you were telling the, the football all players right, at All Saints right. Episcopal, how right. growing up in the Great Depression where your yeah. mom was like, you have to wear your sister's jacket to church. And you're like, I don't want to wear her hand-me-downs. But that was during <laughs> that time, right? That you, yeah. everybody shared everything to, you know, get by. So we'll let you start from there. Yeah. Well, let's go back. I can't go as far as 1925. I, I don't remember that part. But I can go back to my when I was five years old, and I still remember some of the things. I, I just want to tell you the condition that went on during the Great Depression. I was about 10, 11 years old. Two buddies come down the street, came up on the porch in Detroit, and they wanted me to go to the movie with them. And the movie cost 10 cents on Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Otherwise, they were a quarter for adults. Right. Terrible price. Right, horrible. You know, 25 cents. Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> yes. And so I said, I don't have any money. Well, go ask your mom if you can have any money. Well, we didn't have any. I thought, yeah, it's not going to work. Well, I'll go in. So I walked in, and she was doing some cooking in the kitchen. I said, well, yep. Can I have a dime for a movie? And she said to me, you want a dime to go to a movie? I said, yes, please. Go earn it. I don't have it. Now, I was 11 years old. I walked out and I said, she hasn't got it. We'll take you anyway. So they took me in. But you know, I got an idea. Doggone it, I will go to work. And on my free time, I went out in the wintertime and shoveled snow. Mm -hmm. In the summertime, they used to dump the coal right out of the curb. Mm -hmm. You had to take it into the basement window down in the throat in the chute. Wow. I get my brother and I, and we would get tools, and we would go, and we would walk down the street, and here was a poor widow coming out, and I said, ma'am, do you want us to take care of this coal for you? She's, can you do it? I said, of course we can do it. 
You do it and I'll pay you. I said, thank you. We did it. Oh, it was hard work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but we finally got it done and we each got 75 cents. Wow. That's what they made an hour in some of the plants. Right. Well, that, that just steamed us up. So we were all set to go. Winter came around. We went around the grocery store, different places. Can I shovel the snow? Oh, yes. Keep, keep it clean. You can do this every time it snows. You've got a standing job. I did that. Well, when I got to be about 14, junior high school, I came out of school, Hamilton Avenue. That's where they think Jimmy Hoffa's buried. Okay. Under the freeway. Okay. And there's an old dime store there run by a Jewish fellow called Crown 5 and 10. Okay. And I walked in the store. I used to love to walk in and watch the women pack stuff, you know, and I'd look at the candy and all that, walk around and sh just, just window shop. Now, these old stores in those days, like J.C. Penny, all wooden floors. Yep. Fans. Mm -hmm. That was it. That was the air conditioning. And at the end of the store was a stair going up to a large balcony. That's where he sat. Okay. And the clerks. And this is the way I, I would see him. He would be leaning over, looking everybody over mm. for theft mm -hmm. or anything. Mm -hmm. And so the girl said, Don, you can't stay here. You've got to leave. I said, why? Because the, the boss doesn't, you're not going to buy anything. He doesn't want you hanging around. So I left. Then I came back at the second time and he saw me and I was standing there kind of talking to the girls. They're doing working. He came down as young man. You can't be standing around here like that. Well, I said, well, I was just interested in watching them. Are you looking for a job? I said, yes, sir. He said, how old are you? I said, 14. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. You go down and get your social security work permit. That's mm -hmm. what it was. Mm -hmm. And come back and see me. <clears throat> I did. He said, I'll give you a job. I'll pay you $8 a week. You're going to work 10 hours on Saturday and three hours after school. Are you willing to do that? I said, yes, sir. I'll give you $8 a week. I'll tell you what I did. Things were so rough. I had a father whenever he felt, whenever he felt like being a father. I had a wonderful mother, hardworking little Irish lady. Mm -hmm. And I gave my mother every week $5, and I took the three, and I thought I was a millionaire. Right. Because $3 in coins in your pocket meant mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. And all my young buddies knew <laughs> that I was getting this money, so payday, they'd come and say, what are we going to do, Graves? <laughs> Where are you taking us? Yeah. yeah. So we'd all go to the movie. Mm -hmm. But... And then I became, as I got a little couple of years older, I became a um, telegraph delivery boy, mm -hmm. Western Union. Mm -hmm. And I went all over downtown Detroit. Used to take telegram to some of the Detroit Tigers in the hotels where they stayed there. Yep. I had an interesting job there. One day I was coming down the side street looking for an address. A fellow passed me, pulled over and stopped. And as I got there, he threw the door open and the window was down. My bike hit the door. I sailed through the window <laughs> on the ground. Now, in those days, you didn't have car insurance. Right. No, right. The, no there was no insurance. Right. I got up. My knee was cut and the bike was double up in front. He said, 
gosh, kid, he says, I'm sorry, but I didn't see you coming. Well, that's okay. So I called, I, I said, could I use your telephone? He's sure, go in the house. And I called my mom and she got in the car and came and got me. Mm -hmm. We threw the bike in the trunk. Things like that happen all the time. Right. And I had some interesting part-time jobs as a kid, but I worked. I tell you something. I have worked since I was 10 years old. Mm -hmm. That's what kids did if they wanted clothing, if they wanted to take in a movie or go and have a malt or something like right. that. We all worked. Everybody worked. Right. That was it. No handouts. Mm -hmm. And I was a Hollywood buff. <laughs> if my mother wanted me and they didn't know where we were, mm -hmm. there's one place they could look. Go to the theater Ask the the ticket lady if you could go in and get your brother out. That's where I was. Yeah, you know it, that's it, why I became a singer. It's amazing, Don. The amount of appreciation for the most simplistic things in life, when you don't have a lot to live off of, you seem to appreciate a shirt. Everything is valuable. Everything. We don't. We've lost that. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when we'd go to McDonald's as a kid. That was like a vacation. You know, and now it's like if you don't go every day, you're doing something wrong. So uh, the value of life has definitely changed, but I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. So yeah. after you were working, um, there were some things going on. And what brought you up to the point to where you wanted to sign up and go serve? I was 16 years old. Three of us buddies were sitting in an old car in front of the house. December 8th, mm -hmm. one day after Pearl Harbor, and we're listening to the big bands. Mm -hmm. Wish we had them back. Oh, yeah. The Tommy oh, Dorsey's. I love the and, big bands. Mm -hmm. And we're just sitting there listening. All of a sudden, the announcer comes on and he said, ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this broadcast. The president of the United States is going to address the nation. Mm. We didn't know what it was about. We knew war was about. We didn't know what this was about. And he declared war over the radio. And he said, Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date that will live in infamy. United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked upon by the naval and armed forces of the Empire of Japan. I interpret the will of Congress and of the people. We shall gain triumphant victory, so help us God. Mm -hmm. It ended. I said, tomorrow morning, I'm skipping school. I'm going to go down to the Marine Corps recruiting office and join. They said, you can't. You've got to be 17. You're only 16. I said, I only got six months to go. I'm still going to get the paper and bring it back. Have my mom and dad sign it with time. Mm -hmm. She won't sign, they said. We know you're, but you're not going to sign that. You're going to do it. Oh, yes, she will. Got up in the morning, two sisters and a brother. I said, don't say anything to mom. <laughs> That lady would work you over mm -hmm. if you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, she didn't mess That's around. That's my mom was. We loved her. Mm -hmm. Well, I said, I'm taking off. And I ran all the way downtown Detroit, about a mile away downtown. I went up in the, for the federal building, walked in. There's a gunny sergeant there. He says, what can I do for you, young man? And I said, I want to join up. He said, how old are you? I said, I'm 16. I'll be 17 in six months. I can't do that. I'll tell you what I'll do. I will give you a paper. 
You go home to your mother and father, and when you're 17, have them sign it, bring it back, and we can do business. Do you want to do that? I said, yes, sir. He said, go. I took off, ran all the way home. I was so excited. <laughs> I forgot I skipped school. Oh. <laughs> and I ran in the back door, and she looked at me, and I said, Ma, I was going to say, here's, I told her what I, what I had done, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I skipped school. And she said, what are you doing home? And I told her, throw it away. Oh. I'm not signing that. I went through the First World War. I don't want to go through this again. Right. I'm not going to do it. So I went in the dining room, stuck it in the buffet drawer, and put papers on top mm -hmm. of it. Six months later, uh, we had a birthday cake and ice cream and stuff, the family. And I went and got that paper out. I'll never forget it. <laughs> My dad was there. He was a Marine in the First World War. Right. I was going to ask I you said, Dad, that. sign this. See if you can get Ma to sign it. What is it? I want to join the Marine Corps. Give me that paper. Vera, sign this paper. She said, I'm not signing that. Sign the paper. She said, I'm not going to do it. She said, listen. He said, listen. The boy quit school. He's doing odd jobs. He'll probably turn out to be a bum. And I looked at my mother with a sad look just like this. <laughs> she said, give me the paper. I, she signed it. I ran all the way downtown again to the gunny sergeant. And he said, how'd you do? I said, here it is. I've got it. He said, give me that. And he laid it down the desk and he said, you see that door sewn over there? I said, yes, sir. He said, you're going to go in that door, through that door in that room. And you're going to meet a Navy doctor. And that doctor is going to work you over from the top of your head to the tip of your toe. Do you want to do that? And I said, yes, sir. He said, go. I went in, came out. I passed. I gave him the paper. He said, good. He said, now I'll call you, your mother and father, in two weeks. They bring you down to the station, train station. We have a ceremony. We'll go to San Diego boot camp. I said, yes, sir. And I took off. I was all set. Mm. All set. Well, the day came. Well, they took me down to the station, and the gunny's there. Mm -hmm. He's responsible to get us aboard ship and send us out. Right. Board ship. Board the train. <laughs> he was such a nice guy when I wanted to come in the Marine Corps, but he wasn't the same now <laughs> because right. I, yep. he got the paper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now he's got he, you. He said, you snout-faced kids, I want you to stand at attention. If you know what that is, well, some of us were Boy Scouts. We, we snapped right, too. He said, I don't know. It's up to the drill instructor. But I'll tell you right now, I don't know if they can, if they can really do it. You're the saddest-looking bunch <laughs> I've ever seen. And he walked up to me. I had tears coming. We all did. Right. Listen. We never traveled anywhere. I mean, mm -hmm. we didn't. We went mm -hmm. out to the farm, went to the lake, but mm -hmm. we never traveled. First time we ever left home, right. and we, we were already oh, home. Yeah. We were. I wonder what we did. Right. What did we do? <laughs> and he come up to me, he put his nose right in my face, and he said, "Judy was boring." Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't know. I look at you. You're the saddest case I've ever seen and we got to make a Marine out of you, well, we'll try and do our best. Maybe it'll work. Stand back in line. I didn't tell you, I can't tell you what I thought about him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was my introduction to the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And then you went from there to San Diego for boot camp. Pardon? You went from there to San Diego. I went through, we went through eight weeks, which should have been 13. Right. So many kids joined up. That's the way we were. We were mm-hmm. American young children. We were trained in school. Every morning we had prayer. Mm-hmm. We had we raised the flag out in front, mm-hmm. marched out around the flagpole, and the janitor would always raise the flag and we sang the national anthem. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. We loved our country. That's when we were patriots. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we weren't going to let anybody take it away from us, and we right. loved our families. Right. That's exactly why we went off to war. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way it was in the First World War, too. No, of course. I think so. Mm-hmm. Because there was poverty then, too. Right. But it, it you know, we weren't church kids. Mm-hmm. We didn't do much in church because of our clothing. Right. And my mother, I had a, you know, they used to have corduroy pants. Mm-hmm. I hate them things. Mm-hmm. They never, the knee bulges out. Yep. They, they just don't stay nice. <laughs> right. And I know the pain. I know. I feel you on that. They're terrible. I, I hate them things. Well, my mother would sponge press them. Mm-hmm. Sponge them and press them with iron. They never really, she did the best she could. Mm-hmm. But that's the clothing that we had. Right. We were ashamed to go to church. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why I think, I think we were ready for something new. Right. And we had an opportunity to, to change things with our own lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people say, well, these the greatest generation, they're made up of a bunch of heroes. We're not a bunch of heroes. We're a bunch of kids that did everything we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Every American should stand up for his country. That's they not should. being a hero. Well, Don, Don, if I could, the, I think the reason I feel such an honor to be able to sit with you is because we have lost that specific ideology in which makes this country so great. We've lost that patriotism. We lost the fact that a 16-year-old child loves a country so much that they're willing to walk away from the life that is security to go fight for what they have. And even at times where you had such little that you couldn't even go to church, but you still loved that country and knew the opportunity so much. And because we lost that so much in our day-to-day that when we do sit with a gentleman such as yourself, we can't help but look up to you and truly call you an American hero because we don't have this anymore in this country. 
Yeah. We actually do. It's just that the media will report it the opposite. Yes. But we really do have a majority of yep. Americans that are still very patriotic, just kind of sitting back waiting to uh, uh, open the can. Right. And But if you listen to the media and everything today, you would think it's the opposite. You would think the, the patriots are the minority and the crazy liberals that have taken over is the majority. And it's really just the opposite. But, you know, all that's going to change. Now, you're all about, what, 5'8", five, 5'7", five, maybe? <laughs> what show? Well, let's see, 5'7"? Make it 5'5". Five, five with your, five, with your combat boots on. <laughs> um, so you got a pretty interesting job when you went into the Marine Corps. I did, yes. Tell everybody about the job you got. Well, because of my height, the old man, my captain, one day the sergeant came up and they brought a flamethrower into my tent. Mm. And I said, what is that? Is this a flamethrower? I said, really? You're going to wear it. What? I'm too short for that. <laughs> You'll be less a target. And right. that was true. Right. The tall kids did not come off Iwo Jima. Well, Don had told me when he met me, like, you would not made it off Iwo Jima. And I was like, why? He's You'd like, never you're, he's like, you're, he's like you. you're so tall. You guys are catching the bullets first. It's the small guys that were behind the tall guys yeah. coming off that were able to to make it. The tall guys, they were easy targets, slim but pickings. Not that we all made it, but, I mean, a lot of us did. You right. know, I have to tell you, though, I, I'm the only one that came off of my battalion. Right. Mm. And explain that. How many people were in your battalion? And Well... When we hit the beach, mm -hmm. we had 300 in our company. Right. Jesus. Eight weeks, six weeks later, we were released by the 3rd Division. They were in reserve somewhat. And 18 of us walked off and went aboard ship to go back to, uh, to Hawaii mm -hmm. to get ready for Japan. 18 of us. So out of 300 people, you had 18 out people of 300. that off that beach. That landed, 18 of you left together. 7,000 of our buddies were left mm -hmm. on Iwo Jima, mm -hmm. and 20,000 shot up, wounded, taken off, board ships, and buried at sea, some of them. That's what Iwo Jima and did And you were still, us. what, 17, 18 at that time? I was 18 going on. Mm -hmm. 18 going on 19, mm -hmm. yeah. Don, can I ask, um, right prior... Um, to arriving in um, Iwo Jima, what was it like? What were you experiencing, you know, spiritually or, you know, emotionally? Uh, it was was there fear? Was there, or was it all of it? Was, was there all these different emotions? On the way? Yes. We had trained so much and so hard for something that President Roosevelt designed. Mm -hmm. I have to tell you how it started. I spoke in Arizona. I lived 15 years in Arizona. And they, the Navy League asked me to speak. And I did. I explained whatever, what all happened on Iwo. And an admiral, as I closed, I said, are there any questions? And an admiral stood up. He said, John, I have to tell you something. I was a rear admiral at the Pentagon every single day of the Second World War. I never boarded ship. I felt bad about it, but I had a job to do. And I have to tell you how this all started. He said, President Roosevelt called his staff. Admiral Nimbus was there, my boss. Mm -hmm. He was the head of the amphibious fleet. And he was there. MacArthur was there. And the, the old man came in his wheelchair, wheeled up to a big map. 
and he had his stick. And he reached up and he tapped something just below Japan. Mm -hmm. And he said, gentlemen, do you know where I'm pointing? No one knew. Admiral Nimitz stood up and said, sir, I might be mistaken, but I think you're right about a little island called Iwo Jima. He said, exactly. I want that island. I want that island. That island has to be taken out of the way because our B, our, our bombers mm -hmm. are getting shot down. They mm -hmm. can't get back. The fighters can't go that far. Right. But P-51 escorting them, and can make it all the way back. Mm -hmm. He said, let's lose it. Do you know about the take, even though we had casualties heavy, you know, when we were on the way back to Japan, we thought it was a waste. Our parents called Washington. Why did you kill our boys on that small eight square mile? They mm -hmm. didn't understand, but it all figured out. By the taking of Iwo Jima, we saved 29,000 Air Force personnel. Wow. Was it worth it? Yes. Wow. Even though we lost 7,000 my buddies and mm -hmm. 20,000 shot up, mm -hmm. water taken off. We all agreed afterwards that it was worth it. Iwo Jima had a, played a big role, that, that little eight square miles. Okinawa was on when we left the island. That was it. No more, no more mm -hmm. islands to take. Mm -hmm. Now, so, when you hit the island, though, so you had your patriotism flowing through your blood. You had a lot of emotion. Tell everybody about when you hit that beach and how you buried your face. And now, you, we had mm -hmm. the 5th Marine Division. Was, John Bass alone was to my right. Mm-hmm. Guadalcanal, Medal of Honor. John Bassalone got shot right away. He never got up. Hollywood has him jumping up and say, come on, you guys, mm -hmm. let's go and blow up. He never did that. He was killed right there to the right. John would tell you right to your face that he's not a hero. He's, I'm like the rest of you guys. We did our job, mm -hmm. but we're trained to do it. And that's what we did. Well... When I hit the beach and I buried my face in the sand, I was scared. That was my first battle. I had been over before, but they broke our outfit up. So some of us had experience, some of us didn't, but we were sure getting it then because every time we tried to go up to the top, bam, it went down. Right. We could not move. We tried, they tried everything. They brought our Navy planes in, Marine planes. We had artillery, the Navy. In fact, it was Mount Suribachi. My buddy was on a destroyer. He told me, we rifled right in. We were not too far from the from the sand. We hammered right in. And it just didn't do anything because mm -hmm. they went back in the caves. Right. Mm -hmm. Every time that we started, right. they'd pull everything in if they could. Wow. So it was a, it was an unusual battle. Eventually, about two hours after, we started moving over the top. Mm -hmm. But something happened to me laying there on the sand. Now, we were not church people. Right. We were, I told, I said that we were always ashamed to even being with a group of people because the way we looked, mm -hmm. you know. And mm -hmm. Well... I have, I have to tell you that I buried my face in the sand, and for the first time in my life, I prayed 
a sincere prayer. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, I don't know much about you, but if you're real and you can do it for me, what people say you can do, and you get me off this side and I'll serve you the rest of my life. I went through that battle six weeks. Mm -hmm. We got off. We went to Japan occupation for three months, sent us back uh, to Pendleton, discharged, went home. For nine years, I raised Cain. Yep. I did what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Now, you had gotten married in that time. After you got I was back. even married. Mm-hmm. And I was losing my wife. Mm-hmm. I was losing my best mm-hmm. friends, and I had a lot of them. I went on a fishing trip, mm-hmm. May 15th, 1954. Nine years later, right. I came back and threw myself mm-hmm. on the couch. No fish, uh, no fish, but bottle bass. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I lay on the couch. We were ready for separation. Mm-hmm. She's doing housework. The phone rang. She answered it, hung up, came over. Mr. Bielow would like to have you call him. Something is beginning to happen. Mm-hmm. I called Peter Bielow, an old Dane from Denmark, Copenhagen. He used to be my landlord, he and his wife, and they were wonderful people. And I respected him, and I treated him like I respected him. I said, Mr. Bilo, he said, Don, I want to talk to you. I said, yes, sir. I don't want you to say one word. Yes, sir. You are a mess. You're losing your best friends. You're losing your wife. And you're going to lose yourself, and you can't help yourself, not the way you are. Would you take my wife and I to a Billy Graham meeting in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, 16 miles down the lake? I'll change my clothes and be right over. I never thought they came out of me. Right. We did. We went over and picked them up, went to the meeting. 2,700 people. Mm. And this was all done by screen. Never saw Billy Graham in my life. And I'm sitting there waiting for everything to happen. And on it comes Bev Shea, his singer. Sweet voice, beautiful baritone. I sang a lot of his songs, though. He sang, and that impressed me so much. Not a professional, but a, a real good singer. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it, Billy came on. And Billy said something like this. You were not your own. You bought with a price. And that price was Jesus Christ on Calvary. What will you do with Christ in your life? You need God. You need God tonight. You need him now. You come. And I'm looking like, he's talking to me. Looked like he was everything at me. <laughs> That's I how I always feel like in church. So yes, I always feel yes. like pastor's always talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Right? They're like, why does he keep looking over here, babe? I'm like, have you been talking to Pastor behind my back? Like, what? what's yeah. going on? Yeah. It ended. A preacher got up on the stage after the end of the movie. He said, normally we would send you home, but now tonight we're going to have an invitation song. And we would love to have you come forward if you could give you a Bible, have prayer with you, and send you home. I know you're here. Someone needs to do this tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought he was talking to me. <laughs> they started singing. People were starting to walk forward. 
I, I fought it. And I just went down on my knees. And I cried like a baby. Mm-hmm. First time I ever cried so hard in my life. I didn't know what to say. I got up off my knees. They stopped. And then they sang another song. And I was going to go up. I turned around, and a voice said to me, and I didn't imagine it, a voice said to me, sit down, you fool. What about your wife? I said, this isn't going to work. And now your wife was sitting behind you, right? Right behind Yeah, she was like in the second row right Right behind you. Yeah. It's not going to work. I turned around to look to her. She looked at me, and she got up took my hand, said, let's both walk up. We both went forward, received Christ, got a Bible, went home, dropped the couple off. We never sat in a wedding gift. It was an overstuffed leather chair. We never sat together in it. Mm -hmm. We automatically sat in that chair talking about the meeting. And suddenly I reached down. I said, you know, there's got to be a Bible someplace. So I reached down. There was an old Bible. I picked it up, and I put it on my lap, and I said, I'll just open it up, and I'll put my finger on a verse. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I did it. And she said, what does it say? I looked down. The Lord is good, a stronghold of day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. Nahum 1, 7. I will never forget that verse. That was the door opener to my wife mm-hmm. and I in the ministry for 29 years, five churches. I had a wonderful ministry. God really groomed me. And at one time, during the middle of all that, something happened. A church just fell apart. It it just, they had a fight. It it just broke my heart and Mm -hmm. I I was so disturbed. I began to blame myself. Mm So I got up one morning and I said, honey, I'm not going to eat. I said, I'm going to get in the car and go up on the cliff. Ed overlooked Beloit, Wisconsin. I drove up there. People do that. Right. And I sat there. And I looked, watched the traffic going by down the freeway. Then all of a sudden, I started talking to the Lord. Why did you do this to me, Lord? Why don't you let this happen to me? I didn't deserve that. Do you know how, what he answered? He said, who are you? Mm-hmm. Why are you so special? You want me to give it to someone else? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. 
And I said, he's right. It was the greatest thing I ever did was mm -hmm. talk to the Lord. I came of back course. down, went there, and I had a whole new perspective. Right. I took a five-week sabbatical. They said, go ahead, we'll get part-time preachers. Mm -hmm. And did I ever learn? Mm -hmm. I did not go back. I resigned and went to the prison, the mm -hmm. federal prison system for five years. And did I get an education? Preachers need to work in a penal institution yes. and find out what's going on with men out in the world. Mm, right. Amen. They need to do that. You know, I got I, an education. Don, can I point something out? Sure. I, you were explaining the story with you and your wife, and I actually started welling up because I think the there's a powerful, powerful message here in regards to life and our brains getting oversaturated in life itself. I struggled with addiction all my life. I was a chronic, chronic addict. Um, and I recently, thanks to this man, have refound my faith. And it's amazing because I experienced that where I just broke yeah. and, and I didn't understand my emotions. He put me in touch with his pastor and I was on the phone two hours, easy two hours with him. And to simply, I shouldn't say simply because I still find parts of me where I'm, I'm trying to be a better Christian, but to give yourself back to the Lord fix so many of my problems naturally in life. It, it was, I don't know how to explain that to people, but things just got better because my faith was given back and it was incredible. So thank you for sharing that story because I think a lot of people need to hear what you just said. Oh yes, absolutely. And one thing I've learned, you can't give yourself. He takes you. Right, right. You cannot control it. You cannot say no if it's real. When he takes you, you are going to know it's real. Oof. And this is not playing church. That's right. This is the real thing. Right. Yes. Mm. That's what I told Rocky. Like, you know, God's telling me, like, what you're going through. I'm just, and I said, I'm not trying to get in your business, but, you know, I just kind of feel that you might need this conversation. And he was like, I, I do need it. And, you know, so I got him with my pastor, who reminds me a lot of Don, actually, um, he's just, he's fiery and, um, he, he was a farmer and just a warehouse worker, I think growing up and, and just found the Lord and man, he, a hunter fisher, yeah. you know, I call him the hillbilly pastor, mm -hmm. pastor Randy. He's my favorite. And, um, so I was like, man, I gotta get you on the phone with pastor Randy and talk to him and he'll help you, you know, he'll guide yeah. you, you know? And yeah, Rocky called me afterwards and said, man, like I could, I definitely felt it. And so I good. Now God's got you, you're back. And he'll take care of you from here. So so I'm so excited for Rocky. I know your passion for Christ as well, which has always been inspiring to me as well. I love hearing your stories, especially when you're talking to the youth, because I know how much you love talking to the young kids and everybody, actually, and, and tell them your story and tell them your passion as much as you love Christ and what he's done for you. And and But even on top of everything you've done, you have a singing career. Mm. I have what? Your singing career. You love singing. Oh, yes. I uh, I love music. I I was a Hollywood buff. I I You probably don't even know the name, but everybody did well. It was going Nelson Eddy, Jeanette McDonald. Okay. Oh, they were beautiful singers. And he was a baritone. And I styled after Nelson Eddy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you, and so, again, that's how we became together. Yeah. It's because of him singing the national anthem. And in last year, uh, 
one of his very, very close friends, uh, Woody Williams, that passed away yep. not long after the Celebrity Game last year, who's Medal of Honor recipient, who's also on Iwo Jima with Don, and um, Flamethrower as well. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Woody's grandson had called Don and said, hey, we, we need you at this event for my grandfather. And it was on the same night Celebrity Game. And Don was just devastated. Yep. He was like, you know, just torn. And I said, you know what? But it, it gave me an inspiration to say, you know what? You, you, I, I respect it, you, that you got to go represent your friend. I get it. But you know what we're going to do? We're going to get you in a studio because you're still singing the national anthem. Yep. Of course, you were there. Yep. You were announcing on yep. the field. And I said, we're going to put you in the studio and we're going to, we're actually going to video you and then we'll play that at the celebrity game. People loved it. Oh, it's phenomenal, they right? It. I mean, yep. Don's one of the everybody's favorite things at the game. I mean, I can't tell you how many people a, a year later will always come and go, who was the war, the World War II veteran that yep. was singing the national anthem? Oh, my God, I loved him. He was phenomenal. It's so <laughs> what an honor, right? And it is an honor because it's very rare in life nowadays that you get to meet somebody of Don's stature. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and again, this show is called Battle Scars. Yep. Everybody in life goes through battle scars, right, to, to get to where they are. Don has definitely gone through battle scars. Yeah. I mean, to see friends die right next right. to you, to go through everything he's gone through, to really, and really what mm. we would consider it coming out of World War II was probably more PTS. And we didn't know how to deal with it back then. It was just everybody drank alcohol oh, yeah. for the most oh, part. Yeah. Yeah. And so, again, the good Lord stepped in, saved his life and his marriage and his everything, and put Don on the track to help other people. But Don wouldn't have got there if he was he didn't go through the through the valley. Oh, no. right? I'd, have been, right, right. I'd have been dead. Right. I'd right. have been dead. Right. You I'd, have, I'd have died. There I, is one more story I'd like for you to tell. And after all the weeks on Iwo Jima, first of all, you got to see the flag go up on Iwo Jima. Those were my buddies. That was about 12 feet from it when it went up. Wow. So when you see that flag go up, that piece of history that no matter any patriot, Commercial, anything yeah. on TV that's patriotic is always showing that flag. To have somebody that was literally standing mm. right there watching that flag go up is absolutely amazing. But one of the funniest things is, out of his experience there, him and his buddies were in a foxhole. And Don's the one who taught me this about Hershey chocolate. I was yeah. telling you, like yeah. Hershey's would take the chocolate. And they, it was broken in <laughs> little bars, right? So you could break a little piece to ration. That's why no it has idea. the squares. Right. So he was, him and his buddies had one piece, right? I believe it was one piece. Tell him, tell him the story with that. <laughs> I can never live this hot chocolate down. I it's love the hot chocolate. Now I don't like it. It's too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we, was, we, we were about six weeks out of the, we, we had two weeks to go. And we're in a foxhole. Now, they're not coming at us like maniacs right. like they used to. But they do come out at night. And they'll snipe during the day. They, we just, no, it, it it was the final phase of the battle. And uh, I, three of us, we didn't have any squad. And we fought together. And I'm sitting there and I said, you know what I could go for? And they said, what? A beautiful hot cup of hot chocolate. Mm. He said, so would we. Bake some. I said, give me your D bars, ration bars. Uh -huh. And we, I diced it all up, my canteen cup. We poured water in it, and I carry demolition. But mm -hmm. now you can cut it, you can drop it, you can even hit it. It's got to be ignited with a fuse. Right. And it's very devastating. 
So I took a chunk of that off, got a nice little blue fire bill, and, and it, it. we just sat back and we're shooting the breeze. We're waiting for them to come out at night at right. us. <clears throat> so all of a sudden, you smell that chocolate. Mm. Now, these Japanese soldiers were about 300 feet away. We even talked every now and then. Right. All of a sudden, I said, smell that? Yeah, let's have it. Then all of a sudden, I heard, hey, Marine, very good chocolato. You bring chocolato here. I said, if you want chocolate, you come and get his auto. You bring here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You were that close. Everybody yeah. on the line were laughing their heads yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> 300. Uh, that is close. I well, mean, you know, so and, close and, and it's unfortunate it. about war, too, because even on the Japanese side, yeah. right, their country put those young men in war. Yeah. Right. And, and, and they were forced to the same way. So you had two, oh, yeah, you I, had I, young kids on both sides that were defending their country, that it was just a tough situation, even for, you know, for those guys that were still probably good guys or family guys that, you know, just like us, they had families, they had all the above too. And it was just one of those yeah. uh, unfortunate situations that, you know, you got yelled at, I was waiting for it to happen. I saw it. So we were warned before the program yes. that um, we have. <clears throat> if you're hearing a little bit of noise from all of us, we uh, we are just we're, we're next week. We'll have the the what do you call it, Rocky, with the mics? It's the, a shock absorber. A yes. shock absorber. So you won't hear it come through the. But mics, we got but. Kelly here keeping us under control. She yelled yes. at me twice, gave me two dirty looks. Uh -huh. Don just got yelled at. I'm not even. I, I was going to let Don just do it. Don't I don't even look I'm that direction. Even, I haven't been. That's why I've been looking right at Don the whole time. I'm not even looking at Kelly. You know, we talk about heroes. <clears throat> if you had all of the Marines mm -hmm. that, that that did not get killed, mm -hmm. if you had them all, the wounded, those that come back to us, if you were to stand up and say to them, I want to thank you men for being heroes, not a one of those Marines would agree with you. Mm -hmm. We did what we had to do to save our country. That's not a hero. That's our duty. Right. If you love someone, you'll care about that person. If you love your wife, you protect her, you take yeah. care of her, you nourish, you help her, you do everything for her. You're not a hero by doing that. That's your job. That's mm -hmm. what you have to do. So people say you're a hero. I tell them out. I'm sorry, but I'm not a hero. I did my job. That's it. You know, it's interesting because up north in Minnesota, we had a program. It was a Vietnam veteran welcome home program because we just felt they were not treated the way they should have been coming home. Yeah. And I'm going to support what you were just saying is, is that it was almost impossible to get a Vietnam veteran to one of these ceremonies for us to recognize them and thank Very them because hard. they were, they were so humble. And to them, they're, it's the same answer Don. they were doing what they had to do. They were doing what they believed in. I understand the Vietnam era boys, different generation, right? Brought up different. Mm -hmm. We were a different generation. Well, and it was also different because you guys volunteered and the Vietnam boys, a lot of them were drafted. Yes. Pretty much right. forced to go. Yes. And so they were drafted where, you know, the generation before was like, we're going. A big mm -hmm. political movement. Correct. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, people hated Japan afterwards. I, I've seen some of their boys in combat, and 
in the morning you go out, they come at you at night and we go out and count them. And I look at them, I say, you could be laying there, John, but they're just kids like us, mm-hmm. teenagers, mm-hmm. young men. It, 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 your, your heart just breaks when you see it, but you have to do it. We've got Correct. to end this thing and get it done. Correct. I have a, a video that I acquired. You can't, you can't get one. Japan's war. The Japanese were told by the leaders that the, we are on a sacred war. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. They learned that it was a war like all wars set up by the politicians. Right. That was all propaganda. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When I went to Japan, I was on a 777 going to Japan. Mm-hmm. We were going on Iwo. Mm-hmm. It's about eight years ago. I had this cab. And it says on there, not this one. I have another that says Iwo Jima survivor. Right. Yep. Now, think about it. No doubt some of them had relative boys that were killed. We killed them. Right. Yep. And I sat there, and there was an empty seat in the inn. And a little girl was sitting there, and I have the marine pins, and I right. was going to give her a pin. So I jumped right. up, walked over, sat down, and I gave her the pin. And she showed her mother, and her mother went like that. And she looked over, and she saw my cap, and she said, I said, yes, ma'am. I said, here I go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. She woke her husband up. He was sleeping. He's what? She said, look, Iwo Jima. What? He looked over and I leaned forward. He said, you on Iwo Jima? I said, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. He put his thumb up. I thought, what's he doing? They know how hard that battle was to kill one another. Mm-hmm. They lost their sons and our mothers and fathers lost their sons. Mm-hmm. This was a political war. The halfway through the Battle of Japan, the whole thing changed. They began to surrender. Right. They never would surrender because they were told if you surrender, you'll never go to the Holy Land. Right. Never. Mm-hmm. Right. They found out it was political. Mm-hmm. I love Japan. I love the people. Oh, they treated phenomenal. me royal. Yes, they are phenomenal over there. Yes. We I got a chance when I was in the Philippines to go up there on a couple of little TVYs, and it was just amazing going to Japan. Oh, yeah. It was absolutely amazing culture, amazing people. But, you know, that's kind of how all the wars are, really, when you think about it, right? It's always political. Vietnam was all political. Yeah, you know, it's, it's always political, political it's and political. it's always for the political gain. And But, you know, the, the reality is that's just life that we are in. But, you know, the American patriot by far is the strongest patriot to me in the world. There's nobody yeah. stronger than the American patriot. Um, started from the Boston Tea Party <laughs> and on. You know, it's been led from those guys. And, you know, and even like right now, if it wasn't for our forefathers putting the Constitution and Bill of Rights in place, man, we'd be in trouble at this point. The young people, they know nothing of the Boston Tea Party. They know nothing about the First and Second World War. I speak to high schools. It breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. I try everything I'm capable of doing to really get their attention. And they are just... They just don't want to hear up. They don't understand it. What is that? I mean, I didn't come here. This is the attitude. Right. You know, Don, um, that's because they don't have parents like uh, like my poor kids had when I'd kick their rear end. Like, right. They, they know how they're growing up. But you were saying before we recorded today um, in regards to this new generation about the comfortability, that, that this generation is too comfortable. It's comfortable. And, yeah. and that's dangerous. That's very they each dangerous. have a, uh, you, I go to the restaurant every morning. Mm-hmm. 
And these these young people have credit cards. Mm-hmm. Why would you give a teenager a credit card? Mm-hmm. Let alone some adults. <laughs> Go on, here's your card. Leave me alone. Go. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the same thing. Yep. You, you know, a lot that's of right. kids don't have to work for it. Yep. Right? They don't. They're, everything's yep. just given nowadays. And then parents wonder why yep. their kids are misbehave and won't pay attention and fight with them on everything. And um, it's unfortunate, you know, where a, a parent's love has gone to a point of, I want to, you know, give my kids something better than I have, but the kids don't appreciate it because most of the parents and everybody else yeah. had to work to get what That's they right. had. They right. don't earn anything. Right. They don't earn it. So when you're not earning it, you're not appreciating it. Doesn't it doesn't really mean, there right. you go. There you right. go. So that's the biggest thing. Now, yeah. I've got a piece in my house that Don gave me uh, when he did visit Iwo Jima that has actual Iwo Jima sand in it. What? That he gave me, which is really, it's, it's in my office. Yeah. It's one of my favorite That came pieces. off Mount Suribachi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Mount Suribachi. And then the other, the other thing I want to talk about is, so Iwo Jima, we just went over, let's see, this February was, what was it 75 years? or February 19th. Yeah, it was 75 years or seven. Eight? 70, I want to say four, yeah, 75th, 75th year. It was the yeah. 75th year anniversary. But you just got to go visit Hawaii, Pearl Harbor for the first time, right? I did. I did. Uh, and I'm twice the American. Because mm-hmm. you went there when December, right? Did you go de- over? I went, you went for, over December, for the 7th. December 7th. That's right. We were there for, for a week. I'm telling you, I stood over the Arizona. Now, during the war, we went through that channel there, but mm-hmm. there's nothing but oil. Right. And I looked at that ship. And then I looked up on the wall, all the names, 325 mm-hmm. kids down there mm-hmm. and Marines. I looked at it. And Mary was next to me, our president mm-hmm. of our roll call. I looked at it and I thought, what did they tell the loved ones? They're in a ship. Mm-hmm. They're alive mm-hmm. at the bottom. Right. We can't get them out. What did that do to those mothers and mm-hmm. sweethearts and wives? What? What? And they were still alive. They're still down there. We don't know mm-hmm. what they look like, but they're still in that ship. Mm-hmm. And we're standing there and we're looking at them. It just, I wanted to get up and fight. Mm-hmm. It makes more of an American out of you. Yes. Oh, the parade. The parade was the one of the, one of the most. All the tourists, they were jammed up on each side at nighttime. The mm-hmm. weather was gorgeous. Stacked three like that on each side, standing. And they sent the children out to meet us. Mm-hmm. And there were only three of us. Then we had the Marine Corps band. It was beautiful. Oh, it was just great. I've, I regret, I don't regret anything. I'm telling you, I, I'm glad I did what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 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 it, I just told everybody, but there's one thing I forgot to do. Mm-hmm. And as a Marine, I felt bad. We're going home to the hotel. There were five of us. And I said to Mary, I said, Mary, I forgot to do a very important thing. Is what's that? And I told her. We'll go tomorrow. So we went back the next day. We stood there. And we looked at the the list of all of them on the wall over there. And I said, she's, I'll do it with you. And we stood there. She's retired Air Force sergeant, Uh master sergeant. She said, I said, slow, 
salute, and we did a slow salute. Mm -hmm. Return salute. I felt good about that. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I what felt better. Yes. What mm -hmm. an honor to honor those guys. Those were guys your same age. Those were literally your brothers. Same yeah. age I as mean, me. That's your, that was 17, your guys. 17, 18, maybe some, I don't think there were any married guys. I think they were all teenagers. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. You know, Don, with the difference of times that we live in, if you were to um, give a message to people in the world right now about the importance of love for country and, and love for your neighbors, uh, what would your message be to everybody? I just said that at a Marine Corps ball the other night. <laughs> I said, listen, let me tell you something. Let me remind you of something. When is the last time you took a trip to the Black Hills, South Dakota? Mm -hmm. When's the last time you were at the national parks? We've got the most beautiful country mm -hmm. in the world. I was looking over the valley on the top of big pine trees with bird nests and the eagles laying on their mm -hmm. nests. And you could mm -hmm. see it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And some fo a family came up from India. You could tell it was India. Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you think? He said, beautiful. But I said, you have the Himalayans. We don't have this. Mm -hmm. This is beautiful. People come from all over the world. Yellowstone National mm -hmm. Park. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, it's just wonderful. Wisconsin, northern Wisconsin yeah. has a section in the north. You would think you're in California. Mm -hmm. It was gorgeous. Well, that's where Rocky grew up. He grew up in Minnesota. Minnesota, Wisconsin yeah. area. Mm -hmm. I talk to young people. I talk to adults. Have you ever been? No, I never have. Well, have you been? No, I haven't gone there either. People don't look at the patriotic scenes that we have in mm -hmm. our country. You're right. We go on vacation. Where we go? Cabo. Mm -hmm. Go to the beach. We go mm -hmm. skiing. We go... You know, but we don't take the time to go appreciate. Entertainment. Correct. We don't take the time to go appreciate the actual land that we have yeah. and what, oh, what yeah. we have out there. As you go in the, as you go in the Badlands, now yet they never show this. There's a cabin. It's original. Wow. It's left alone. We went in. Dirt floor. Kettles and stuff laying around. People lived in that shack. Mm-hmm. It went through the war mm -hmm. of the Badlands. Mm -hmm. They don't go in. Mm -hmm. They want to look at the mountains and the hills and the, and the crevices and everything, and they go right on by. Mm -hmm. That's important. Yeah, it is. Yes. It's always amazing, too, at those cabins, because Jessica and I have stopped there. There's some in Colorado that you can stop and look this yep. original. And uh, the doorways are like this tall. Yep. Like, yep. And I always came with Jessica and go, how how tall were these people back in the 1800s? Well, that's actually, that's, Don, that's actually why my nose is so big, because I didn't duck low enough and I hit my head on top of the door too many times. <laughs> yeah, that's well, what, that's what they knee. say. Yeah, And my knee. And yeah. So, um, Don, I, I tell you, what a great honor uh, Amazing. to sit here and, and talk with you. And uh, Kelly, fine job keeping him under control. Um, he was a little <laughs> wild when you guys showed up. He'll be wild on the way yeah, out. He'll be wild on the uh, way out. Um, I, I couldn't express my gratitude enough for your time and and your true love and sincerity and drive and passion for this country. Sir, from the bottom of our mm -hmm. heart, all of our listeners, thank you so much. We got but, something special too for Don on the way out, right? For our listen, for our viewers, tell them. So 
<laughs> Again, Don's video that he did for the celebrity softball game. As soon as we wrap yep. up here, we're going to roll right into that so you can actually see Don's video of him singing the national the anthem. The national anthem. Uh -huh. and, and it was the version from the celebrity softball game from mm -hmm. last year. That, That's uh, what it is. And uh, and actually, we did it not just for a celebrity game. We want to be able to give to Air Power Foundation and uh, different uh, veteran organizations that um, anybody who ever wanted to use that video is yep. really done for Don, that Don could give it to whoever he wants. Um, so like the one at the celebrity game, we took the original cut and then we added our celebrity sure. stuff to it for the game. But the one that Don has, the one the viewers are going to see are the original cut yep. that anybody can use and and add their logos to once, um, you know, if they're using it like an Air Power Foundation function or whatnot. Yep. So because he, to, uh, to me, he is a national treasure. Don is an absolute national treasure. I mean, to, to go 90 plus years mm -hmm. in this country and you think about where he was. Did you all have telephones when you were growing Do you even have a telephone in your house when you are growing up or indoor plumbing? Yes, and we weren't allowed to touch it. The telephone? Strictly my mother and father. Yes. Three calls a day, otherwise the price went up. Really? Three calls a okay. day. Yep. Yeah, so now you think you go from that to having it in your pocket, right? Like you, you think about the technology that Don has gotten to see, you know, his entire life. From the way movies are done, the way big bands from big, right. and I'm with you. I'm a big, I'm a huge big band fan, especially like uh, Tommy Dorsey and Sinatra back in the days. And oh, I missed, I missed um, those singers. I listen yeah. to those all the time uh, still. I, I missed the, the, all that beautiful music. I never liked Frank Sinatra, but I love his voice. He had a good voice. Uh, I he love him too. He's, very, he's a crybaby. He, he um, Kelly, yes. Kelly, we got a cold blue situation. Yeah, um, they're talking about my Frank right well, now. Well, <laughs> you know, Frank, Frank's still one of my absolute all-time favorites. But um, there was a show that really just—it uh, was called The Offer, and it was about how they did The Godfather. Yeah. And how Frank would call the mob guys trying yeah. to get the Godfather shut yeah. down. He was in with the mob. Yeah. His oh, mother yeah. was. Yeah. Of course. And uh, yeah, that's their family. Right. And um, I told Jessica, I was like, as much as I love Sinatra, what a crybaby this guy was. He was so insecure about everything. Right. That's really what it was. He, he was so insecure about everything in yeah. his image. And he was um, a prima donna of his He time. was overly top yeah. prima donna. Right. Yeah. But he's still my favorite, especially, but when he was with Tommy Dorsey, he's probably one of his Oh, he started times. out with Dorsey and he learned to breathe. Yes. From that, Dorsey. That's correct. And and actually, Tommy Dorsey was the one that they went and signed his, got his contract rights away from because yep. Tommy did own a 50-50 on him. Oh. So the, the, that's the reason why Frank was having a problem with The Godfather because it was taken from Sinatra and he didn't want to be portrayed like that. Like, uh, what was his name? Vince. Yeah. Uh, Vince Fontaine or mm -hmm. um, whoever it was, Vont Fontaine in the movie. So that's why he wanted that all taken out and right. didn't want the movie to happen. And uh, But, you know, the Italian culture, you know, and then if, have you seen the offer? Yes. I mean, it's just phenomenal. So, um, but the other thing is I love, even in movies, is the old time classics. So like my wife and I, every Christmas she loves Meet Me in St. Louis um, there's just so many, oh, and, and it, you, you watch those movies from the thirties and forties yeah. and they're just a different era of the way that movies are made back then. Good and, talent, oh, good it's unbelievable. Music. Education. Oh, great music, great patriotism yeah, in all the movies. Yep, that's right. bet. And, uh, it's just a phenomenal deal where nowadays you get, if you have a movie that has patriotism in it, like you get <laughs> shut down. Yeah. Right. Right? right. They don't even want to show your movie. Right. And then you get a Top Gun movie that comes out and it's, shatters all records and that's what shows you that america's still alive yeah, don't, don't trust the media 
America, the patriotism still runs very high in the red, white, and blue here in everybody's blood in America. So don't get no, too down, America. Right, we're, right. We're, we're just fine. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been talking about Frank Sinatra. He wasn't the, I love Perry Comba. Bing. Oh, yes. Bing, Bing one mm -hmm. of the greatest crooners oh, that we yes. ever had. Amen. But you know, most Americans today don't even know Sinatra. Yeah. Especially the young people. They've never heard, never, they just, not, they don't know anything about him. Right. But if we had the time, I could do a short little brief Frank Sinatra. Do it. Let's, oh, we got time. please. We have time. And it's a song that people loved. Let's hear it. I fall in love so easily. I fall in love so fast. <laughs> He's got the baby blues, too. Bro, he does. He's got the baby blues. <laughs> the baby blue eyes. Next time we'll have the voice on the back of his chair when Doc comes I got all with these us. different Sinatra. I wish I could sing. I cannot sing that. I try. In my mind, I'm really good. I am a phenomenal singer in the Come shower. On. Yeah, okay. but if you all appreciate right. good singers, that's good enough. Yeah. That's right. I think, well, we're talking about, you know, baby blues, so mm -hmm. talking about Frankie. Hey, you know, the, my problem is when we start this, I can't stop. Right. Now, there's another one. Keep going. You can't beat him. Bing Crosby. Let's hear your Bing. And everybody knows this. Everybody listening knows this song. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know. May your days be merry and bright, and may all your Christmases be wise. <laughs> Still one of my favorite Christmas movies, too. Well, and I, that was done in 1947, the movie. I, I, ever like right after the war. 1947, they did the movie. Ever since I moved Urban down Berlin. here. That's right. Urban ever Berlin. since I moved down here, I sing that almost every day. And I, you know, I, I'm in the bathroom. I'm dreaming. Oh, oh Rocky, you got a good voice. Christmas. We're going to start a band. You're not going to have it down here in Texas. As much, ladies so. and gentlemen, it's the <laughs> White Don Christmas. and Rocky show. That's what we could. So if I'm not here, you can just have Don come and fill in my spot. Right. When you we're we're going to open up with White Christmas. Uh, let me quickly say something about mm -hmm. Texas. I lived in five states. I was born and raised in Detroit. Lived there 22 years. Omit four years for the war. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you that this all happened in Texas, what I do now. Mm. I have felt more like a patriot in Texas than any other state. Mm -hmm. People talk together. Mm -hmm. We entertain together. Mm -hmm. We have good times together. I just love it. Oh, I love Texas. I do too. Now, I honestly don't know if there's a better state. You have Texas and you just got the other 49. I agree though, because coming, from, coming from Minnesota, um, and I moved during the whole uh, defund the police movement. And you're way up on top. Uh, yeah. And and coming down, the first thing I noticed was the amount of American flags all over this state. Oh, yeah. Minnesota don't have that. Yeah. Michigan doesn't have a lot of flags. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Same thing. Yes. And, and those that are coming in now, 
by the scores, had better buy a flag. They better get ready for Texas because, <laughs> you know, yeah, they're, they're moving right. to a free state, but yeah. uh, they better figure out that, yeah, who runs the state. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't been 100% accepted. It's like an interview process. You know, they got to make sure that I'm Texan enough to be able to call me a Texan. So I don't know how many years that takes. We got to get him a cowboy hat. That'd be a start. <laughs> get him a hat. I got the boots. That was the start. I thought that was pretty good as getting the boots. Okay, we got Ronnie back there throwing at us. So you want to take us home here? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Ron, is Ron yelling at us? Ronnie's Ron back is, there. Oh, yeah, okay. Boy, he's like a, I was not yelling at him. See, we got a team you talk, going on You here. talk about a happy person. He's just in that control room, just <laughs> loving life. I do enjoy it. I mean, he is I just, do enjoy he's it. back in his, his home element, right? He's home. Yeah, he is. I haven't seen Ron smile like this in a long time. Well, you know, I'm watching him, mm -hmm. and he never once nodded his head. Yeah, I did. Thank you, Don. Okay, you. good. Okay, I was making sure, because I just kind of saw the corner of my eye, him going back and forth, yep. and. Then I kind of caught the clock, and I thought, and, okay, and it's we, getting close. We actually will have a camera set up uh, in the production room, too. Mm -hmm. It bothers me that there's not one there. But, folks, the producer, um, the executive Everybody producer. Everybody knows Ronnie. Yep, for uh, Media Mafia, for Battle Scars, for Abnormal Realities, mm -hmm. for the Rocky Stucci Show, for everything. Ron is the king of kings when it comes to producing, and he is yes, the man behind is. the scene. Also, the owner of Romika Designs. Yes. R-O-M-I-K-A Designs.com. Custom laser design gifts. Whatever you Romika want. Designs.com. Mm -hmm. We love Ron. And... This won't be possible without him. He's, he's the other guy. good news is Ron can't, oh, really, by the way, he Don, can't really yell at you through he, that wall. He, he's, like he's, he's, a, he's a former U.S. Air Force drill instructor. Yes, we were talking well, about you that. You know, yeah. like I say, it, that's, that's okay. We need the Air Force. Yeah. Well, you see, yeah. you, you see who's running things. I, I mean, you, they you, make foxholes for us. That's right. Oh. You have Master Sergeant Mary that's driving him around. That that's superstar. You have TK Air Force. You have Ronnie Air Force. The Air Force is just kind of reserved for the Don and his crew saved us all. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, yeah, because we wouldn't have got into Japan without, That's exactly without right. the Marines, right? Yep. And, so, then, and then you have Recycle Rocky. And then you got Recycle Rocky that would spend his entire career in basic training. Yeah. So, That's okay. oh, pockets. Yep. So, um, <laughs> we're, we're going to go out, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go out on the video that we shared last year at the Celebrity Softball Classic, CelebritySoftballClassic.org, um, of Don kicking off the national anthem. Um, during the celebrity event. So with that being said, Don, Don thank you for coming. Yes, sir. Sure, it's thank a pleasure. You so much. This is my pleasure. And God bless America, all of you. God bless America, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of Don Graves, TK, Ron Phillips, I am Rocky Stucci. You are watching Battle Scars Podcast, battlescarspodcast.com, right here at the Country Network and Media Mafia. More information on that to come. From our family to yours, may God bless you. May God bless the United States. Good night, everybody. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, before I sing the greatest national anthem that was ever written, I have just a few words to say. God bless America. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hail at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gay and Streaming, and the rocket's red glare 
the bombs bursting in gave proofs to the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave.